Hi, Creative. It's Lauren here. I just want to remind you that if you love the podcast, the best way to support the show is by leaving it a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Actually, Spotify just started accepting ratings. So go ahead and rate it on there and tell all your friends to do it because it's super simple. It takes literally one second. I mean, maybe four seconds, but it's really quick. And uh, another great way to support the show is by sharing it with a friend or posting about it on social media. If you do post it on social media, tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. And remember to tag the guests too, so they can also share. Okay, now let's get to the show. What kind of energy do you have and how much? Are you in tune with how you feel emotions in your body or what sort of timeline you need to make decisions? Are you a manifester, projector, generator, manifesting generator, or reflector? And are you totally confused right now? (laughs) If so, I hear you. I get it. But fear not because the show today is all about human design. And if these terms are new to you, you are not alone. Not too long ago, I started digging into human design myself, and let me tell you, it is fascinating, deep, and there's a lot to it. To put it very simply, human design is a tool that can help you understand yourself, how you exert energy, and how you make decisions in the world. Today's guests are human design specialists that will walk you through how learning your specific chart can help you align with your most authentic self. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm an award-winning podcast host and producer, singer-songwriter, public speaker, actor, and creative coach, and this show is meant to give you tools to claim the word creative, take fear out of the driver's seat, and love yourself enough to pursue whatever it is that's on your heart. On the show, we explore the creative process and journey, mental health, self-development, spirituality, and everything it means to be a human and become more human. Today's guests are perfect for that. They are human design specialists, Shayna Cornelius and Dana Stiles. They're the co-creators of Day Luna, a brand and podcast that spreads their mission to empower people towards self-love, personal freedom, and radical authenticity. So delicious. Their wildly successful podcast, The Day Luna Podcast, has generated over 850,000 downloads worldwide and is one of my personal favorites to listen to. I've been a big fan of them and the show for years now. If you've never heard of human design, it's a system based on your exact time, date, and place of birth. It brings together astrology, the Kabbalah, Myers-Briggs, biochemistry, genetics, and the chakra system all in one to create your personal body graph. When used correctly, it can help you live your most authentic and successful life. But it's complicated to understand on your own, so that is why I wanted Shana and Dana on the pod to clear up some questions I had after doing my own research. You're going to learn the basics of human design, the five different energy types, the best way for you to communicate and make decisions, how to navigate your life in alignment with your purpose, and even the ideal work hours for your energy type. Also, if you've never looked up your chart, I urge you to do it before listening to this episode so that you can identify with your specific energy type as it's explained. It only takes a minute and it will make this episode so much more fun to listen to and more interesting for you. So just go to daylunalife.com and click on the human design tab to get started. Also, may I recommend that you look up some of the most important people in your life, say your lover or your best friend, your mom and dad. It makes it more interesting too to like listen to their different energy types and yours and kind of compare the two. So after much ado, 
Let's get started. Here they are, De Lunas, Shayna Cornelius, and Dana Stiles. Okay, Dana and Shayna, you two are so amazing. I feel like I've known you for years because we have a mutual bestie, Steffi Hill, aka Spirit Sis. I listen to your podcast. I'm a huge fan of what you do and just who you are as people from what I know, and I can't wait to get to know you more. So thank you so much for coming on Unleash Your Inner Creative. Thanks for having us. We're so excited to be here. We feel like we know you because of Spirit Sis, and we're just excited to kind of have this um, projector party um, (laughs) because we're all three projectors (laughs) and to talk about human design and obviously what's really fascinating to us within the system. I think it'll be fun. I know it's going to be fun. So I guess we should start at the beginning. What is human design? Yeah. So human design is the science of differentiation. So it is telling you how your unique energy is designed to operate and how you can really understand what your unique gifts are, what your life purpose is, and how to really navigate life in personal alignment. So it's using your birth time to calculate this chart. And human design is actually a synthesis of different ancient modalities, including Western astrology, the I Ching, the Kabbalah tree of life, and the chakra system. So these ancient wisdoms and sciences are coming together as one synthesis to really show you what the blueprint of your energy is and how you can really feel empowered to navigate life in authenticity and in alignment with your purpose. I mean, that sounds pretty awesome. Also, I love the spiritual buffet that it was created from. The interesting thing to me, too, is that you two met in music school, right? (laughs) Yeah. So you're both like these like really creative musicians. And then I know at least one of you went into the corporate world for a while and then you found your way to human design. So can you tell me what was your journey of going from, you know, knowing each other in this way where you're completely like dedicated to the musician life, artist life, and then doing this different mode of creativity now with human design? Like what was your path like to finding this and then teaching it? So, um, like you said, we met in college and studied music and performing and, um, we kind of, I don't know, felt out of place there Mm. and felt this kind of hustle culture, this trying to be what somebody else wants you to be. And somebody else gets to tell you if you're good enough or not. And it always just kind of sat wrong with us, but we, whatever we finished school. And then we went both into more of the corporate world and I was doing operations and running multiple businesses and working nine to five. Um, and Dana was working actually with special needs, but in a very nine to five setting. Um, and it was very, not our lives. It just wasn't our lives. And we kind of knew that during this time, you know, we kind of felt like, okay, we're making good money and we're doing everything right. And my coworkers, they love what they're doing and they're fine and they're keeping up, but it just feels like something is missing. It feels like this isn't what I'm here to do. It's not who I am. Why can't I make this work? And of course, all the conditioning comes in with, I must just be lazy or I Mm. must be picky or I'm a problem. I need to fix myself. I need to be more like my coworkers because obviously they can handle it. So why can't I, what's wrong with me? And that kind of led us into deepening our spiritual journey um, and and kind of searching for modalities that would help us to have more self-awareness. And we came across human design. And of course, 
it just blew our minds. I mean, yeah, it's, we were both shocked that we had never heard of the system before, because the amazing thing about human design is that it's so specific and it tells you, you know, this is how your energy operates. This is what makes you specifically unique. This is what your specific life purpose is. These are your gifts to use every single day and nothing out there really provided that much information. And when you have a human design reading, especially it feels like this giant recognition of self, like coming home and incredible liberation. Like you're finally free because you know who you are and you don't have to try to be something you're not all the time. And so in human design, there's these two operating systems, your strategy and your authority. And it's kind of how you move through life and how you make decisions, how you interact with people and how you can really make decisions that are energetically correct for you. And so we really leaned into our strategy and authority and we set a time frame. Okay. For one month, we're going to do this every single day and just see what happens and experimenting with it really led us to creating day Luna, our business and quitting our corporate jobs and really just taking that leap of faith to start our own thing. And honestly, everything's been led from that place, from using our human designs. And I almost feel like day Luna and everything that's happened since has just been this unfolding where we don't know where it's going, but everything just falls into place. And like abundance and alignment and meeting the right people at the right time. Like it's none of that we have to figure out anymore. And we don't feel this hustle energy or this burnt out energy. We just feel this, this magnetism that just feels so natural and and liberating. So it's kind of a long story, but uh, we've been around and around the bend, um, coming home to ourselves. and, (laughs) And now it's just, it's just like, free flying. I almost said free flying, but <laughs> I was going to say, I know I feel hearing the story back. I almost feel like we've like lived all of these lives in this yeah. one lifetime, you know, trying to find ourselves and find our authentic flow in music and performing and just feeling like, no, this is not right. Even though I thought this is what I wanted. And then being like, okay, I'm going to get a real job in quotes yeah. and make money and trying to find ourselves in that and being like, no, this is not it either. And then having this third kind of journey together where it's just that feeling of like, this is it. This is what I was looking for. So it's just been so surprising to both of us that we've been on all of these iterations of our journey together. And it's just been such a beautiful blessing to have each other in it. Yeah. I mean, your partnership is beautiful. And I was wondering too, like a big thing we talk about on the show is like creative heartbreak and like reinventing yourself after you leave Mm -hmm. one part of your creativity behind. So I'm super curious, like Dana, for you. Yeah. When you decided, okay, maybe this music thing isn't for me and then like moved on to the corporate thing and then the day Luna thing, like how did you let go of those past versions of yourselves? And like, I know you still do music, but it's it's not your main focus. Mm -hmm. So how do you mourn the loss of the life you thought you were going to have? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I love that so much. And there's so much there, right? It's such a deep realm. But for me, becoming a musician was actually something that I realized I was always really pressured to do, Mm. but it never was actually something that I wanted. 
And I was confused about that. You know, from a young age, I always loved singing. I always loved being creative in that way. And so all of the adults around me were like, well, if you love this, then you should be a musician. So I kind of took in other people's expectations of me and tried to make myself believe in those things that believe that they were my own. But actually, it wasn't ever something that I truly wanted. So for me, it was more like mourning this facade that I had been holding up and being like, I know what I'm doing. I knew who I am. I'm totally fine. And I finally had to like put that down and, and really be honest with myself. Is this what I really love? Do I feel real when I'm here doing this? Or do I feel like I'm kind of putting on a show in some way? So for me, it was kind of just putting down that facade that I was holding and really looking internally, like closing out what other people's expectations or reactions were to me, but really going into my own heart and saying, is this something that I really love or not? So for me, it was really like an internal process. And a lot of people externally were really confused. And I felt like I had to explain myself to them or, you know, so I really just gave myself a break from that and allowed myself to go on my own journey. And in time, you know, time really was the thing that made everything feel so much more natural and flowing. And the people around me were really able to kind of embrace that evolution that I was going on. Mm, yeah. And I just want to add on to that um, because I think it's such a great question. I feel like there's two different things that can happen. Um, one can feel like, okay, what? That This is impossible to live this way. Like, yeah, that sounds nice, but who actually gets to be this new way once you hear about your design? And then for me, it was this feeling of almost like a puzzle piece that just doesn't fit. And your whole life, you're trying to like force it into it, a spot you think it's going to go in, but it's just not quite right. And finding human design, it was almost like this puzzle piece that just like, oh, that's the place. That's where it goes. And this, this settling, this kind of just ease feeling. Mm. But I think that when you, if you feel this kind of grieving of, of self, a lot of that can come from your open centers actually, and where you're taking in conditioning, because we have a lot of conditioning around proving ourselves and we don't necessarily realize it. And so we can have this tendency to say, well, I said I was going to be a musician and I love music, or I said I was going to be a doctor and I, I love working with people in this way. So I need to prove to myself that I can keep my word and I need to prove to myself that I know who I am or that I'm good enough or that I'm whatever. And it might be that you're proving it to your friends and family, or it might be that you're trying to prove it to yourself and you don't even realize it. So really taking a step and saying, okay, I have nothing to prove, not to myself, not to anyone. I don't owe anyone anything at all. And what actually feels natural in my body, not my mind, because our minds, they analyze, they um, are here to process information. They're here to teach. They're here to create concepts, but they also can run free and judge ourselves and try to take control, try to make our decisions for us. But when we tune into our body and really pay attention to how does my body feel when I lean into these practices? of my design mm. and letting that guide you versus your mind and the shoulds and all of that judgment, it really does help you to kind of settle into that puzzle piece feeling of like, oh, okay, now I'm home and I'm safe here. I'm safe in my body. And let me just take the first decision that comes my way. Can I use my authority with that and see how that feels? So it is an experiment. 
step by step by step. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to break down. I mean, as you're talking about this, I think so much of my initial reaction to human design, which was, I would call it slightly violent, (laughs) (laughs) slightly like, I think because I've tried so hard to control my whole life, you know, I've worked so hard. I've really, I mean, when I hear you guys say four hours a day of work or three or four hours, I mean, there was a period in my career when I was working 18 hour days, Whoa! you know? So I've like really tried to strong arm and muscle my way through life by working hard and doing as much as I possibly could. And so it's like a letting go of maybe I don't have to do that. And there could be another way. But I think maybe a part of me feels like then was all that like wasted, you know, I don't, I don't know, but I do, I want to, we're going to get into that. We'll go, we'll go through my psychology and why I'm like struggling so much, (laughs) but um, I want to share with the listeners the different design types. So there's different energy designs as we've referenced a few times, we're projectors, but there's five different types, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So there's five different energy types and every person is one of these five. And these different energy types really describe the way that your aura or your energetic body functions. So the first type is manifestors. And these are one of the more rare types, less than 10% of the population are manifestors. And manifestors are people who are really here to initiate. Their aura is designed to impact people, to inspire people, to be a catalyst for change in the lives of other people. And manifestors are, when they're in alignment, they're really designed to feel peaceful, even though they're inspiring people and innovating and impacting, they really feel this kind of inner peace when they're in alignment. And when they're out of alignment, they can feel anger, Mm. like feeling like other people are trying to control them or, you know, taking away their freedom or not letting them creatively start whatever it is that they're wanting to. So freedom is a huge theme in the life of manifestors and the strategy that they're here to apply to their life to really help them find ease is called informing. So when they really open their mouth up and let people in, fill people in on what they're doing, keep people in the loop, that is when they actually have the most ease. And when they don't do that, they can feel really unpredictable because they're so impactful. They're always creating new things. They're always doing new things. So people in their life can really feel kind of shocked or surprised by the things that they're doing when they don't inform them and keep them in the loop. So informing is going to be the thing that really helps them find personal alignment and find that signature theme of peace. Could I ask a question about that real quick? Yeah. So I was in a seven-year relationship with a manifester. I didn't realize he was a manifester until we broke up. Ooh, wow. Yeah. But he, and, and he's doing great things now. I'm proud of him, really, like, changed his life around. But during that time, yeah, he didn't really do that much. Like, mm. he wasn't really informing that much. He was kind of living small. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing that can happen with manifestors where they, like, kind of bunker down and don't do anything? Absolutely. So manifestors have a very powerful energy and they really are able to manifest things into creation, right? But they feel that they have this bigness and bigness can really rock the boat, right? So a lot of times they feel like they don't want that resistance. So instead they're just going to play small. They're going to dim their light to fit in. They're not going to share what they're thinking or what they're doing or what they're wanting to create because it might cause friction or it might cause, you know, Um, some type of pushback. But actually, when manifestors do play big, 
that is when they really come into their power. When they do open themselves up to inform, which it actually feels very, very unnatural for manifestors to inform. It's like the last thing on planet earth they want to do is let people know how they're feeling and what they're thinking and what they're wanting to do next. Like (laughs) manifestors do not like informing, but when they do, it totally changes their life, right? It lets people get on board with what they're doing and want to support them. And they really end up unleashing their power. So Um, manifestors are really, they're one of the types that when they first hear about it, a part of it really resonates with them. Like they know that they, no matter what they do every room they walk into naturally, they impact people, but it can feel tricky because their signature theme is peace. So they're really chill people. Like they just want to do their thing. They just want to like have freedom. They don't want to be controlled by other people. They want to work on what they want. They want to just like live their life. And actually by doing that, that's when they end up inspiring people the most and being the biggest catalyst of change. Amazing. That makes total sense. Yeah. And it lines up for another person in my life who's one of my besties, who's a manifester and same kind of thing. Yeah. And manifestors and projectors can have a really special dynamic because the manifestor is someone who's here to initiate and the projector is someone who's here to be initiated, right? To be invited into things. So that interplay can be really beautiful. And projectors are people who we're kind of skipping forward here, but projectors are people who are like these natural psychologists. They're always wanting to understand people. They're always really wanting to see people. So when a manifestor really feels like a projector sees them Mm -hmm. and gets them, they feel so like liberated by that. Yeah, definitely. That resonates. I mean, it was, this wasn't the most healthy dynamic, but he would always say like, you were my teacher. You were my teacher. Yeah. Which is interesting because I know projectors are natural teachers, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I bet that that recognition felt amazing. It did. Because (laughs) yeah, there's nothing quite like a manifester recognizing something within a projector. It just feels like it initiates a whole new, like, Hey, am I a teacher? Like, I guess I am. And I didn't notice that before. And like, wow, I just feel so good. So I, I love it that that's like something that first came to mind for you. Um, but you know, with manifestors informing is just so important because it does melt away any resistance mm. that is there. So, you know, I like to give the example that, you know, if there's a couple and one person is a manifester. If the manifester goes and, you know, buys groceries and then just comes right home, their partner might be at home making dinner or ordered in. And there can be this resistance. Like, well, you didn't tell me that you were going to the grocery store and I just ordered us food. And like, I just didn't know. And the manifester feels like, I just went to the grocery store. I don't have to tell you everything that I'm doing. Like, it's no big deal. It's just a grocery store. And the other person feels left out. They feel like, well, now you're mad at me because I made, I ordered us food or whatever. There's like this resistance that happens. And whereas if a manifestor said, Hey, I'm going to go to the grocery store on my way home. The other person would be like, Oh, cool. Great. On board. And there's no resistance, none at all. So it's all these small places for manifestors where resistance builds and they feel controlled and the other person feels left out. And then they feel like, well, now they're mad at me. And what's, what are they thinking? Let me ask them, which makes the manifester then feel more controlled. And it can be this resistance dynamic that builds. And so for any manifestors listening, I just want to really encourage you the smallest bit of informing can just set you free. Like all that control goes out the window. It just 
you're including people in your life when you say I'm going to the grocery store or I'm thinking about taking a shower and then calling my mom, like whatever, saying whatever it is before you do it will make everything in your life easier. Oh, cool. So you just have to narrate. Exactly. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Explain your brain. Yes. And the next type that I want to talk about is generators, which are a more common type. So manifestors are people who are really here to initiate, right? Generators are people who are here to respond. So generators have this creative energy. They make a ton of energy in their body and they're really here to use that energy every day, doing things, building things, creating things that are really satisfying for them. So as a generator, you have this powerful energy to do things, but you really only have access to that power if this thing that you're doing is something you really love doing. So if generators are working in a job that they don't love, that life force energy within them really dwindles. And over time, they can feel super burnt out. So as a generator, the way that you find what you love is through responding, kind of letting life come to you, letting yourself just be present and tuned in and receiving the inspiration, the opportunities. And when your body really feels like lit up by something, excited by something, energized by something, that's your body's way of telling you that this thing is really aligned for you to engage with and to use your energy on. So for a generator, their strategy that they move through life with is called responding. And really it just means being present, listening to their body, not their mind about what they really feel excited and and ignited by and how they really want to spend their energy. So when a generator is in alignment, the signature theme that they'll feel is satisfaction. Like I wanted to do that thing. I did it and it felt so good. And I've used up all my energy and now I'm just floating in this feeling of like overall contentment and satisfaction. And when a generator is out of alignment, let's say they've been using their energy, doing things that they don't love and sacrificing themselves and doing things for other people, instead of doing what they want to do, they can feel their not self theme of frustration. So generators are over 30% of the population. So um, this is a larger group of people. So many people are generators and we absolutely love being around an aligned generator. Like they have the most nurturing and cozy and delicious energy. They're such vibrant people. Like everyone wants to be around a generator who's in alignment and they have so much creativity that they can really like build things and harness things. But still, it's just so important for them to be doing things that they truly love. So can you go into, because this one has always kind of confused me, the the respond, how is that different than waiting for an invitation? Like, what does the respond really mean? Yeah. So when they're responding, they're responding to anything that comes into their environment. So they're responding to stimuli. Like, let's say a generator is walking down the street and they see a group of kids playing and they respond to that thing that's happening in front of them with excitement and energy. Like their body just wants to jump in there and engage that means that it's correct for them to do so. Whereas if they were walking down the street and they see this group of kids playing and their body just feels like nothing, it's like, okay, that's not something that I'm here to engage with. So generators are really responding to stimuli in their environment. Whereas a projector waiting for the invitation, they're waiting to be invited by an individual to share their insight or their gift or their talent. Okay. So it's for a generator, you're kind of responding to that stimuli as far as what you want to use your energy on. Whereas for a projector, you're responding to an invitation from a person on how you want to share your insider wisdom. Got it. That makes sense. Yes. And then there's man gens, which are a hybrid of these two types. So manifesting generators are this manifester and this generator hybrid in one type. 
And this is another really common type. Over 30% of the population are manifesting generators. And they, just like the generator, are here to use their energy doing things they love, building things they love. And just like the manifester, they're designed to be super impactful and super inspiring. And they really can kind of like create things and have this momentum to do that. So as a manifesting generator or a man gen, your strategy is still to respond, to kind of just like be present and to let, allow yourself to come to things that naturally appear in your environment. And then to feel in your body when your body feels ignited and inspired and lit up by something that's your body telling you to engage. And just like a uh, manifester, it is really helpful for you to inform. Mm. Um, doesn't necessarily feel natural for man gens, but it is really helpful as long as you're telling people what you're thinking and what you're wanting to do. That can really help people be on board because as a manifesting generator, you are designed to change a lot. You are designed to be multi-passionate. You are designed to have lots of different things going on. So a generator is really like more singular in their focus. When they're lit up by something, they're wanting to build that thing and be thorough and use all their creative energy on this one task. Whereas a manifesting generator, they might have a bunch of things that they're wanting to do and they're wanting to pivot and shift really quickly. So informing the people around them about when they've lost interest on something or when they're excited about something new, it just really helps people kind of get on board and support them in that endeavor. That makes so much sense. I mean, even my producer, Emily, she's a man, Jen, and like she has like such passion and spurts like for many different things in her life. And she can get really good at something really quickly and then move through it and go to the next thing. So that makes so much sense. And there's so many man gens in my life. Yeah. Also, I like the term man gen. Yeah. Sounds cool. <laughs> Yeah, my husband's a man, Jen, and he is so talented and so capable in so many ways. He has so many different skills and exciting things that he's always jumping to. So I think it can be so exciting to be around man gens. They're always like introducing new things. And yeah. Spirit says our mutual friend, she's a man gen. Like every time that I get off the phone with her, you know, man gens just have so much vibrant energy and such an abundance of energy that every time I'm with her, I just feel so like ignited. And like, I want to have like a dance party. Whereas like when I'm just by myself chilling, I'm like no energy. <laughs> at all or you know and I just get totally charged up by her yeah it's Steffi's got such a fun energy too like we always end up laughing yeah when I first heard of man gen I thought I thought yes this is me I am a man gen because I'm I consider myself a multi-passionate creative and but no I found out I was a projector which which I want to hear about now what's what tell me about the projectors <laughs> Absolutely. So as a projector, you're one of the more rare types and Shayna and I, and you Lauren, we're all projectors. It feels so good to be in this conversation together and projectors are individuals who are here to guide. Mm. They are people who have this special aura that allows them to see into the other. And so they're always kind of looking at things in a different way than other people. They're really able to look into systems and see things in a different way than other people. So projectors are designed to be able to guide the energy use of those around them to make things more authentic and more efficient. So projectors are what's called non-energy beings. And we do not create on our own this powerful energy to do and to create and to initiate. We really are instead designed to see into the people who have that energy. And so as a projector, 
being a guide, being a teacher, really kind of sharing your insight instead of putting so much focus on what you're doing and, you know, what you're accomplishing on the physical plane, Mm -hmm. that's really going to be much more in alignment for you as a projector. But since projectors are so efficient, right, they are people who really make incredible managers or business owners, right? They're people who can see into these systems and can really make them their best. And so because you can see all those things, you can feel this enormous pressure to just jump in and do all of those things. And you can find yourself doing everything and wearing all the hats and totally living as a manifesting generator. So when I first heard about human design, I was like, I wish I was a manifesting generator or, you know, there's been times in my life where I really was trying to be that because I could see all of the different things that were getting that needed to be done. And I felt excited to jump in and do them. But then I would find, you know, over the weeks or over the months, just totally burnt out, Mm -hmm. totally exhausted and thinking like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I keep up? So as a projector being this non-energy being, um, you're really designed to only work or expend energy for about two to four hours a day. And that doesn't have to be such a strict thing. You know, some projectors like to work in spurts, like sometimes Shane and I will work a lot in one week and then take a week off. But over time, it's really not sustainable for projectors to work more than that. And as a projector, you know, being a guide, when you are in alignment, the signature theme that you're designed to feel is successful. So projectors are designed to be successful. Um, That's where their value comes from. And when projectors are out of alignment, when they've been overworking or not using their energy correctly, the signature theme that they can feel is bitterness, like feeling like everyone else has it easier than them. It's really not fair. They feel like they're working too hard. People don't appreciate them. They feel under-recognized. And all of that can really come because as this projector, as this guide, you see so clearly what other people can do to be their best selves and to make it work, right? To be efficient. But in order for your advice to be received by another person, they have to want your advice, right? You can't feed a closed mouth energetically. So as a projector, when you're trying to give your insight, trying to give your advice, trying to give your opinions to people who are closed off, it can really seem repelling and that advice is not received and it can make us feel bitter. And like, you don't appreciate me. You don't receive what I'm saying. I mean, okay. I, and I want to get to our dear reflectors because, because mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we can't leave our friends out, but I do want to like, say when you're, when you're saying this, I mean, so much of what you're saying is resonating right now because I'm reaching that point where I am finally acknowledging like, yeah, I'm burnt out. Mm. I do feel bitter. You know, I feel like I was just saying the other day, I was like having like a crying session and I was like I work so hard I want this so bad I've been at it for 10 years you know but I recognize that I'm dispersing my energy across so many things and it's just not sustainable and I don't even know what I want or why I want it anymore like Dana when you were talking about the music thing like that really resonated with me like I was recently watching this and we're taking a deep dive on personal, but I think it's helpful for people to hear because it's like it's hard to come to terms with your design. Yeah. You know, sometimes. Yeah. And I was watching this home video and I was like literally one and my grandma was basically like making me perform over and over again. And, you know, she thought it was cute. It was like I was like clapping or doing some like cute little thing. But she said, do it again, do it again. And 
I was like seeing that everybody wanted me to do it. So I was doing it. And part of me is like, is the reason that I feel like I need to be recognized in this way is because like some primitive part of my brain thinks that's the only way to get love. And do I even want that? Like, do I want these performance things or is it because there's some part of me that's been conditioned to think that that's the best way to attain love and recognition? So it's so interesting because as a projector, recognition is huge. Projectors need recognition because that's the way that you are invited into uh, life and into situations that are really successful and abundant for you. You have to be recognized for your gifts, for your talents, um, for your insight, and then invited. And it doesn't have to be a verbal invitation. It can be an energetic invitation where you just feel like there's a place for that thing to land. Right. So of course we have conditioning and it can come from our childhood or our environments that we grew up in, but also as a projector recognition is always going to be a big theme and big lesson in any projector's life. And that's because ultimately you're here to recognize yourself Mm -hmm. and you're here to say, okay, where do I feel unrecognized? in my life, in my skills, in my day-to-day, in my projects, like where do I feel specifically unrecognized and how can I recognize myself there and just fucking love myself there? Like, I love that I'm so good at whatever it is, right? And coming from a genuine place of, okay, let me get really clear on what I'm good at, what my gifts are, what I love, what I'm fascinated in, what I could stay up all night long researching about or writing about or whatever. Let me get really clear on those things. And that part of recognizing yourself is so important because it builds this solid foundation for you that when you are unrecognized in something, you're not going to topple over. Yeah. So that's always the place that we recommend starting when you feel really burnt out and you feel bitter is to really get clear on like, okay, what specifically is fascinating to me and what I've been doing? What am I really good at just effortlessly? And a lot of projectors, like Dana said, feel like mangens because you're good at being efficient and being able to tackle many, many different things. A lot of times, you know, what you can get done in three, four hours would somebody else takes all week to do that. So we tend to hold ourselves to this really high standard of like my 110%, if I'm giving that looks like me working on this until it's done today. And really the truth is, is that somebody else would take all week. So you don't need to be operating at that, like, go, go, go hustle, hustle, hustle kind of energy. Um, but I would recommend for you really get clear on like, what are those things? And you have so much creativity in your chart, like you really do. So I can see why it can feel like I want to create things. And I, I recognize in myself that man gen tendency to have many creative different outlets you're designed for that. So it's just about what's fascinating to me right now. And cutting yourself some major slack. You also have a tendency and Dane and I have this exact same thing to feel like you have to prove yourself. Yeah. And that then we can get recognition for things that we proved ourselves on that actually weren't really us or weren't really something that we want. Um, you know, in my corporate life, I got so much recognition for being the person who could handle anything and who could get it all done and who could put out any fire. And it felt good to get recognized because I would work really hard and I'd force myself to just figure it out. And then 
I would prove that I can do it. And then I'd get recognized for it. And I, I would think, oh, I love doing that. I'm good at that. That's who I am. And I was identifying with my conditioning. So really stepping back and saying like, okay, if I didn't have to prove shit to anyone and I'm not identifying with anything that my past self or anything that I've worked on for the last 12 years or whatever, it's not that those years were wasted time at all, all the skills and insight. Once you deep dive into, okay, what's fascinating to me in the last 12 years that I've really just been like, I can't get enough of it. Like I could stay up all night doing it. It'll just give you a lot of good clues on moving forward and what actually feels good to you versus what you've been trying to prove feels good to you. If that all makes sense. It does. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that when you were all were talking about it and like, I've just been feeling like I want to do nothing lately. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I just think I think it'd be really good for me to do nothing for a little bit. Yes. I'm really scared to do that, though. But when you say that we need to rest and like, I mean, you take a sometimes work really hard for a week and then take a week off. Like, I feel like I've been on a treadmill for like six years and so I'm not going to take a six year break from life. <laughs> I can't. But um, yeah, like maybe taking a week to do nothing. I don't know. That's what that's what my gut tells me I should do. Yeah. And for you, I mean, listening to that intuition that this just feels right in my body. You know, we like to call that like, I just want to do nothing the detox period. And that's when you've been running on that treadmill and then you have to get off and the only thing you're going to want to do is rest and do absolutely nothing for a few weeks, maybe a few months. And I know that sounds so scary, but if you don't give yourself that detox period, you're just going to jump right into something that's not in alignment for you. Right. If you are exhausted, there's no room in your energy to even ask yourself what fascinates me or what feels right for me to do next. Um, so we encourage you to detox and to give yourself permission to rest. And I love that you've been feeling like I just need to do nothing because that's exactly what we would, we would tell you. And your body is the one that's, that's guiding you there. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's super helpful and all that makes sense. So let's get to our reflector friends. <laughs> yeah. Our reflector, our reflector friends, that's hard to say <laughs> are 1% of the population. So this is by far the most rare energy type and reflectors have all of the chakras in their body center open, meaning they are deeply empathetic. They are completely taking in the world around them, almost like a sponge drinking in the energy of all of the environments that they go in and then experiencing that energy themselves, amplifying and mirroring, reflecting the energy that they've been around. So reflectors have this openness that allows them to be very receptive, very empathetic, and very wise. And they can really have discernment to feel who around them is authentic and healthy and thriving and who is in some way inauthentic or struggling or something's off with them. So reflectors really can act as these gauges. You know, they can gauge the overall health and well-being of a group of people or an environment or a person that they're around. So they really have this kind of wisdom and the sensitivity that can be so powerful um, with reflectors being only 1% of the population. 
they are just so rare, right? So special. And they really operate completely different than 99% of the rest of the world. And their strategy as they move through life is called waiting the 28 day lunar cycle. So reflectors are the only of the five types that are connected to the moon. All of the other four types are really solar beings, but reflectors are really designed to be impacted by the moon and the energy shifts that the moon goes through. So in order for them to make an aligned decision about what they want to do next or what they want to take on, or if they want to move things like that in their life, it's important for them to give themselves an entire lunar cycle to come to that decision. Because in that time, their body is uh, kind of shape-shifting and feeling all of these different energies based on the lunar transits of that time. So it's really important for reflectors to know you are so different. Give yourself that space, give yourself that time, allow yourself to be really connected with the moon and allow yourself to kind of open and shape shift and become different energies within you based on who you're around, based on the energy of the cosmic transits that are happening above you and reflectors when they are aligned, their signature theme is surprise. They really just love feeling like the wonder and awe, like they can become everything and then they can let that go and become nothing. Like they're really people who are here to chameleon and experience all of the amazing wonders that life has. So when they're in that aligned theme, they just feel completely surprised and delighted by what tomorrow is going to bring them. And they have zero attachment to any of those things. But when they are out of alignment, they can really feel disappointed. Like they identified with something that they felt and they thought it was them and they held on to it. And then when that thing kind of felt through, they can really feel like they don't know who they are, or they feel disappointed with how things turned out in general. Yeah. And I know only one reflector, because I don't know everybody's human design, obviously, and it's so rare, too. Um, yeah. But I know she struggles with it a bit, you know, because it, when you first hear that, it can sound a bit unempowering, like you have no filled centers, and you're just reflecting everybody all the time. So what's the empowerment in being a reflector? Like, where's the power in that? Yeah. So reflectors really can do anything they want. They can be CEOs. They can start their own businesses. They can be managing projects like sky's the limits. They can be a, a fucking guru, right? They yeah. can literally do anything. So it's really understanding that nothing in human design is meant to put you in a box ever, especially for a reflector, right? It's, it's all about not identifying with things and saying, okay, well then if I'm everything and I'm nothing, then like, I just don't, I can't do anything. That's, that's this really disempowering box. Right. So the empowering side is where you are right now in your work life, in your family life, in your home life, like whatever, where you are, how are you feeling? How do you feel at work? Do you feel healthy? Do you feel sick? Do you feel heavy? Do you feel excited? Like every day is different. Are you able to gauge the temperature of your home life, your family life, your work life to really say like, oh, you know what? This work environment, my coworkers, like this is really working for us. Like this is a healthy, whatever we're doing here, it's really good. And I like it. I like who I am when I am here. That's always a signpost. Like that's a great place for you to be using your energy and providing some insight on this is, you know, serving this team or this isn't, um, being in a position where you get to share your insight is important. And in your home life, you know, if you're feeling in your environment that you feel sick or you feel mm -hmm. just off, it's always just a signpost. Your body is going to be the gauge, right? It's going to be telling you when things are working and when they're not. 
for you or for the people that are in that environment, et cetera. So start there. And then if you're, you know, your body's telling you, oh, actually I feel like shit when I'm here, or I don't get to share my insight and I want to change, then it's about, okay, I know I want to change. So let me give myself a month, uh, that lunar cycle to see what that change might be. And in that time, you're really looking for this kind of, uh, childlike wonder this surprise, this delight with life. Like life is just so yummy, that feeling. Mm. And when you feel that it's like, okay, this is going to be a place that's going to involve me. I don't want to say invite because that gets tricky with projectors, right? But involve me or uh, give me an opportunity. And those kind of things will pop up. And then of course, it's using that lunar cycle to coming to this just knowing in your body of, okay, it's been 28 days. And I just know, and we've met with so many reflectors who have said, you know, I didn't have clarity around, uh, moving or, or, uh, marrying this person or whatever. So I was giving myself that time. And, you know, one day I would feel like, yes, hell yes. I want this. And the next day I would feel like, uh, uh, doesn't sound great. And the next day I would feel like it just feels right. And they would shift through all these different things. And they didn't have clarity until literally the 28th day they woke up with just like this knowing, like, I just know, like in the core of my body, just this truth of like, this is what I'm going to do. And that sounds crazy, (laughs) but it really is experimenting with it. And you prove it to yourself that this is something that really just is me. Like it just works for me. And that can be said of all the types with all the different authorities, it is experimenting with it and seeing how right it feels in your body. So would you quickly just go through what the different types of authorities are? Yeah. So, um, there's eight different authorities. Sacral authority is one of the more common ones. And that's all about trusting your gut and making decisions right in the the moment and feeling like this is either a hell yes or a hell no for me. And anything in between is no for now. And a lot of times people with sacral authority can feel that really clearly with food. Um, <laughs> they can feel like, Ooh, yeah, hell yes. I want that. Um, or Ugh, no, I, that sounds disgusting. Right. So checking in there, if it's, if you're feeling like it's hard to use a trust your gut with like a big decision, like, do I want to sell my house or do I want to invest in this new program? Start with the small things. And then with the big things, it really is getting out of your mind, getting down into your body and feeling like, do I want this? Do I want to devour this thing? Like that hell yes feeling or that hell no feeling anything that's in between we talk ourselves into. Mm. And that's really tricky because it feels like, ah, I could, whatever, like I could go either way. It's not bad or good. And then we get in our minds like, well, it would be a good opportunity and maybe I should, or it would help this person. And it's really important to say no, no for now to those things. So that's sacral authority. And I'm going to kind of go through these quickly because there's so many, but the next one would be emotional authority. And that's also one of the the more uh, popular ones, popular, like they get to choose <laughs> whatever common People ones. love emotional authority. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, lining around the door for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, emotional authority is all about giving yourself time to make decisions and not rushing into things. So people with emotional authority also create an emotional wave where they have regular human emotions, but they also have 
an emotional wave where sometimes they wake up on the right side of the bed for no reason. And sometimes they wake up on the wrong side of the bed for no yeah. reason. My boyfriend's emotional authority. I find it challenging. Okay. It very, <laughs> it's like, I'm splenic and he's emotional. I'm like, what are you feeling? How do you feel right now? And he's like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, how do you not know? Yeah. Well, exactly. And that's, Awareness is the key for yeah. emotional learning. Knowing where you're at in your emotional wave is really powerful and only comes through really checking in like, okay, where am I emotionally? Am I super high, kind of high, really low? Like, where am I? And just having acceptance of it, not trying yeah. to pinpoint and say, oh, I'm really high. Like, what did I do? Like, that must be right for me. Or I'm really low. Like, who was I with? Like, I don't ever want to go to lunch with them again or whatever. We tend to do that. We tend to find whatever made us feel something and then label it good or bad. And really for emotional authority, it's knowing that if something happened to you directly and you're having a reactionary emotion, great. That's one thing. But if nothing happened to you and you're all of a sudden just feeling kind of depressed, that's your emotional wave. And it's not good or bad. It's just saying, okay, I'm not going to make a big decision right now in the space because I don't have access to my truth. So when it comes to relationships with people with emotional authority, getting into an argument when you're in an emotional low, it's not really beneficial to anyone involved because you can't access your truth and forcing yourself to like, try to figure it all out right then. It's not going to help because maybe a day or two goes by and you're like, Oh, I didn't mean what I said. And that's not actually how I feel. So when it comes to making decisions, big decisions, I should say with emotional authority, give yourself 24 hours to a week to ride out that emotional wave. And what you're looking for is, okay, now I'm emotionally neutral. Like I've given myself time and I know now I'm neutral. And then it's about feeling what's going to make me happy. Mm. Um, but with small decisions, go with the flow, trust yourself. It's not a big deal. And then with splenic authority, like you have, this is all about trusting yourself. This is, you know, you have a consistent intuition and instincts about things and it can be quiet. Um, it's not as out there as sacral authority is. That's like, Ooh, hell yes. I know splenic authority is more subtle. It's really what you're asking yourself is, does this feel right? And tuning into your body, those, the little signals of like this, I don't know why it just feels right. Or I don't know why it just feels wrong. Trusting your intuition, your instincts about things and not getting into your mind of, well, why am I sure? Um, all of that, it pulls you out of your body and into your mind. But the great thing with splenic authority, just like sacral is you can make decisions in the moment. Like, do I want to rent this space? And it's like, you go there and you just feel like it just feels right. Trust yourself. You can, you can do it. You don't need a week. Right. And then there is G center authority, which is what I have. And this is why I never shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> And this is all about talking to hear your truth. So for G-Center Authority, I, I can't access my truth unless I hear myself speak it out loud and make it something that I can understand. So only through speaking, I can hear, okay, I, this is actually what I want to do or not. Having a sounding board, if you have G-Center Authority, somebody that you can talk to and bounce things off of, and they can reflect back, you know, you sounded really into this or you didn't sound into the, sound into this, whatever. That's really helpful because a lot of times I can say something like, yeah, we that sounds really good versus, yeah, that sounds really good, right? Yeah. But I am saying, yeah, it sounds good, but my voice is really saying, I don't want to do that. 
Um, so having somebody to reflect back and say, you didn't sound that into it can be really helpful. So G center is all about speaking. So is ego manifested authority. So this is for manifestors that have only their ego, um, and throat center defined, uh, maybe their head and ajna. Um, and this is all about saying immediately out loud, like blurting out your truth. So like, do you want to hire this person? And the first thing that comes out is your truth and not editing your voice really important. A lot of times manifestors feel like they have to edit their voice because maybe they'll be rude or mean or have friction. Um, so informing is extra huge for you. Um, then there's ego projected authority, and this is for projectors with ego authority. And this is all about asking yourself what's in it for me and being, I put in quotes, enlightenedly selfish, really saying, okay, what am I going to get out of this? Is this going to benefit me? And we're really conditioned that that's bad, that those are bad questions to ask yourself and that you should always be considering how it's going to benefit other people. But for ego projectors, if it's going to benefit you personally, it's going to benefit everyone involved because you'll be committing your energy to something that's really going to work out versus doing something for other people. It's going to pull you really far out of alignment, even more so than a regular projector. And then mental and slash environmental authority is once again for projectors. And this is all about using your mind actually, and your environment to make decisions. So really letting yourself weigh out all the pros and cons and analyze everything, and then setting that down and going and being in environments that you love and feeling in your body you know, maybe it's the coffee shop, maybe it's a park, maybe it's your friend's house, your backyard, wherever, go bounce around from a few environments that you love. And you're looking for that same feeling as reflectors of this just feels right in my body. So you are using your mind for the first half, but then you're using your body for the second half. Um, and it's really combo platter. (laughs) Yep. And then there's some reflectors, which is the lunar authority, which we kind of already covered. So that was a ton of information. That's so much information. I feel like people, okay, by the way, for anyone who's like, Whoa, I'm absorbing so much right now. Their podcast, the Day Luna, it's called Day Luna Human Design Podcast, right? Yes. It is so incredible. I listen to it all the time. It's one of my favorites. It's also got a really lovely, peaceful design that makes me feel calm. So I like looking at your podcast art. Um, I tried to dress actually today to reflect oh. your podcast art. <laughs> I was loving your outfit this whole time. And now I know why. So beautiful. It's the dress version <laughs> of your podcast art. But um, it's you've got so much. So if any of this is interesting to you or you want to do a deep dive, they do full episodes about all the things that we're truncating into like five, 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, so I highly, highly recommend you go over there, check out their Instagram page. You have all kinds of video courses on your website. I mean, they're your wealth of knowledge. Um, I do know you've got my chart and since I am a little lost right now, like I know we said I should rest. Is there anything else that you think I should know about like coming home to myself from what you see in front of you? Yeah. So the first things that really stand out in your chart is that you're incredibly capable. You could do anything. So it's really important for you, especially to get clear on what do you actually want to do? It's not ever a question of, can you do it? It's what is actually fascinating to you? Um, What do you actually love? That's really important because you have a lot of creative energy, like I said before, but you also have a really good understanding of what's needed to make shit happen. And you have this really special energy that's all about awakening. 
and being in a constant state of unfolding and awakening to different levels of yourself and helping other people to awaken to things that they maybe have never considered before. So I love that you have this podcast because you're using your creativity and you're helping people awaken and understand things that they maybe didn't before. Um, you're using a lot of those gifts, but you also have this energy that's very um, past, present, future, where you can see, okay, what have we been doing? What's working? What's not? What are people needing? What are what have I heard people saying? right? It's all like observing the past. And then you have this present energy of like, okay, what do I want to create right now? What do I want to do now? What do I want to say now? And then you have this future energy of being able to see like, okay, this is the direction we're headed in. And right now we're headed here, but we want to be headed here. So let's do this, this, and this, we're going to get where we want to go. Um, so you have this really well balanced energy in your chart and it's really unique to have So it's knowing like, okay, yes, I can have this deep understanding and observation of the past. And I can also really create and build whatever I want and I can see the future direction. So once again, getting really clear on like, okay, out of all this Intel, you're always taking in so much Intel. What fascinates me the most, not what other people need from me, what it fascinates me. And Dana, what else, what else would you want to add in there? Yeah. So I wanted to say that if I'm just looking at your chart, you know, your voice really stands out. You have a powerful voice. Um, and those gifts that Shana talked about sharing things that you've come to like revelations, new levels of awakening, helping people awaken. Also, that's a huge way that you're here to use your voice. Mm -hmm. Your voice also has all of this creative, unique expression. So really like the design of an artist, but also someone who's able to create businesses and programs and concepts and to hear you're here to use your voice to share all of that. So, um, super important. And your whole kind of life purpose energy is actually about using that creativity to lead. So you have strong leadership energy in your chart. And if you are not leading the way in the way that you see can really help the world, you're always going to feel like something's off. So if you're really getting stuck in like do, do, doing, and you're not really feeling free to like share your insight and to manage and to help your team kind of get help you get there, something's always going to feel kind of off for you. And also you have a really interesting channel, which your channels are your gates, two gates that come together and tell you about your gifts. So you have this, this gift about being able to stand up for what you believe in and that being like super important to you. It's actually called the channel of struggle is this energy in your chart. Um, (laughs) But people who have this, they really, really want to stand up for what they believe in. They want to make change in the world. And when they see something that is off or that isn't right, like it really boils your blood and you want to create that change, be the change that you want to see in the world. And for people who have this energy, if you're not utilizing it and you're not taking on these big, purposeful, meaningful challenges, you're going to feel like this energy is kind of getting stuck in your system and you can end up creating a struggle or choosing a, a pick a fight or, you know, creating a battle in your own life. Um, but you have this major like advocacy energy, you're creative, you're a leader, you want to help people move forward and you want to do it in a way that you believe is real. You believe is really going to help people. So that kind of like depth is always going to be something that really drives you. And if ever you feel like you're working on a project where you no longer align with the core mission, that is a huge signpost that this thing is no longer a space where you're meant to really lead or use your creative efforts there. Yeah. And 
I just want to add on to that. When we think of advocacy, we think of like, okay, I need to go volunteer and I need to go like, you know, lead a march and really make this change. And really what this energy is, is getting clear on what is your mission in all your projects, in all your creations. And once you have clarity on that, you're going to stop creating struggle in your own life. So that's always a great place to start. No, this all resonates. And it's, it's interesting. You said the thing about the voice, because what I've been saying is I don't think that like I have all these things I want to do and it's like a mistake. What I think I'm supposed to do is find a way to bring it all under one roof and make it one thing instead of dispersing my energy over 15 things. And I think it's something to do with speaking. I keep seeing myself like doing public speaking, but then I'm talking myself out of it like, oh, well, you know, like, what are you going to share that hasn't already been set? You know, and I know that that's not true, but that's what my brain is doing. So getting that affirmation from you, and I feel very strongly like the advocacy I feel is I want people to know that they matter and that their voices matter through using my voice. Hmm. Yes. So beautiful. And you are doing that. Uh, You're doing that your energy. I can feel that all within your energy. And, you know, with these, with these qualities that we're talking about in your chart, it's really interesting because once you start celebrating them and really seeing like that mission that you have is so beautiful. It is your gift to the world. Your gift is not showing up and physically helping people and doing things for them and making their dreams happen. Your gift is being a beacon of that energy and using your voice, sharing your insight, right? Instead of always having to kind of like show up and create in a physical way opportunities for that to happen, um, like transferring over into more of just like sharing what you see is always going to be like the most empowering and liberating change as a projector. Yeah, that feels really right. Mm-hmm. I, I so appreciate you two like sharing the more the empowerment in it, because I think the reason why I when Steffi told me I was a projector, I said, this is bullshit. I think it's like the <laughs> only time I've ever gotten like very aggressive with her was because I thought it was not empowering. Like, I'm going to I'm going to sit here in my room and wait for an invitation. How is anything ever going to happen? But then because I like doing that past, present, future thing, I start tracing the lines of my life and looking at all the Hallmark moments. I have to admit they were all invitations. They were. I just started saying, I want to do this thing. And then it kind of fell into my lap. And then I worked really hard, but it did fall into my lap initially. And I think too, so you had said when you first found this, you just tried it for a month. Is that a good way to start? And, and can we only do like, Maybe it sounds really overwhelming to think, okay, I have to do my strategy and authority. Like, could we try one first and then start piling more on? Like, what's a way to start dipping your toe into your design? Yeah. So deciding to commit to your design for a month is a great way to start. Um, Even a week is a great way to start. And saying, okay, let me look at my chart, right? Get your birth information and see what my strategy and authority is. So look at your type that will automatically tell you your strategy and then your authority. And you can either listen to, you know, this podcast has little tidbits or you can listen to our podcast. Um, and then just say, okay, for one week, I'm going to really start optimizing my energy with my strategy and any medium, small, medium decision that comes up, I'm going to use my authority. And for, if a big decision comes up in, in this week or in this month, 
if I can use my authority, great. But of course it's not about being perfect. And if you don't want to use your authority on it, that's okay. But I would say the best place to dip your toes in is with your strategy and authority, which they go hand in hand. And I don't think that we realize how many small and medium decisions we have throughout our day, especially small ones for manifesting generators and generators of, should I take this exit or should I pick up food on my way home? Or should I call this person? All these small little things, listening to that sacral authority or that emotional authority, like, you know what, let me not call them right away. Let me feel if this is kind of important to me, like, will it make me happy to call them? Just little things like that, right. Can be so powerful. And you'll start to prove to yourself that this really, it really works and it really feels good. Um, and then it just becomes easier and easier to lean in even more. And we'd really like, we'd like to highlight that we like to call human design an experiment because we want to just go ahead and totally honor the fact that this is a little bit out there for people to embrace at the beginning, right? We felt the same. And I'm like a deeply skeptical person. That is a part of my design. I'm always (laughs) like, is this true? Is it real? But is it actually? And so I was like, okay, I'm going to experiment with this. I'm going to apply these two things. And then I'm going to see for myself how I feel what happens, what shifts. And for us actually experimenting in that way, you're able to just prove to yourself so effortlessly that it feels right. It feels real for you. It feels like more of who you are. So we really do encourage people to experiment and to not just take this for face value, but to really feel for yourself. Like, what does it feel like applying these two things? And I like that you, I mean, they literally, by the way, for you listening, have an entire episode called Is Human Design Real? So like (laughs) you two do and have questioned it, but you've come Mm -hmm. to the conclusion it doesn't matter if it's real. It matters. Is it helpful to you? And if it isn't helpful to you, leave it out. Like that's one big thing I said, because I see people online taking things so seriously, especially with astrology, like literally discriminating against other people because of their sign. I'm like, I think that's the opposite (laughs) of why this was probably created. It's probably created (laughs) to help you be more expansive and know yourself more, not be like, oh, I'll never talk to a Gemini, you know? So (laughs) anything where true yes exactly if it's taking you away from your own inner knowing or what you know to be right in the world then then don't associate with it but if it helps you be more yourself that's awesome like trust yourself first and I love that you both lead your business by telling people to trust themselves so to wrap it out I could talk to you for 15,000 hours I had about (laughs) I'm not kidding 90 more questions to ask you but that was unrealistic. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but I do want to talk about the fact that you two are not only in a creative business and have this creative business, but approaching it in an incredibly innovative way. Because one of the things, if you actually do a deep dive on human design, it was before people like you really kind of exclusive, closed off, like not a lot of people had access to this knowledge without paying some astronomical fee and doing this years and years of you know programs. And I know right now you're working on making this more accessible, which I love. So can you share some of the things you've got going on right now and that are coming up in the future where you're making this so accessible and making human design for all? Yeah. Thank you for that question. Um, and those compliments. Um, (laughs) it's true. Yeah. So we have our podcast is our most like accessible thing, right. Um, where you can learn as you want to, and it scratches the surface, but it also gives you a ton of information. Then we have our video courses, which can, um, help you to kind of give yourself a reading where you can 
learn about your type and your daily practice and what that strategy really looks like for you. So it's, it's called our type master classes. And then we have our channel videos. So once you're ready to say, okay, I want to know what my gifts are. You can look up your specific channels and hear all the information on those channels and how you can really lean into the highest expression of your gifts. And then we also now recently have our human design reader training, which is online. It's self-paced. It's um, over 30 hours and it has so many uh, exercises and deconditioning practices and meditations. And this is where you can learn everything for the system. If you want to read human design charts or weave it into your own coaching business or your own creative business in some way, human design allows you to personalize things in a way we've just never seen before. And, you know, the, the kind of one size fits all things are, are going out the door in this new paradigm. And it really is about, okay, but how does this help me and how is this going to change my life? So there's billions of people on the planet and we feel so passionate about sharing human designs. So that way people can have this life-changing experience that we've had in their own unique way. So we just want to help spread the information and make it accessible to as many people as possible. Ah, I love that. I love that you're democratizing the information because Emily and I, my producer, were even talking about like, it's kind of hard to find this stuff online. Like yeah. outside of your podcast, your page, like, if you just do a quick Google search, it tells you one sentence and it's like indirect light. What does that mean? <laughs> like, to, I was saying to her, like, am I supposed to sit in my closet and eat my food? <laughs> like, you know, so there's so little understanding outside of like you two and people like you that I think you're inspiring who are coming out and and doing this work and making it more accessible. So I'm so grateful for the way you approach it too, because when you first read it, it can feel very intense and limiting. And what you've taught me through talking and through listening to your podcast is that it's actually meant to be expansive and whatever it means to you. Yes, absolutely. And you know, everything has a highest expression, a lowest expression, an inward expression, an outward expression, and understanding what those are empowers you to figure out how you want to use this information. And if you have been operating the lowest expression, that doesn't mean, I mean, I think sometimes you can read something online that's just talking about the lowest expression. It's like, oh, people with gate of shock are going to whatever, um, or with the channel of struggle are going to always struggle. And that's not the case. That's just the lowest expression and it's understanding, okay, what's the lowest, what's the highest, how do I use this information to be empowered, to navigate to the highest expression. That's really important to us. Yeah. Now, something you talk about on the podcast a lot, you've mentioned it a few times is we're entering this new paradigm, right? So just to close it out from both of you, is there a message that you're really getting for the collective as we go through this period of growth and reinvention? Like, what do you want to share with the listener? Well, I want to say that, you know, this new paradigm that we're talking about we all feel it, right? Like the world is changing so much in so many ways. I think it's been a really challenging last two years for a lot of people because so many things have been crumbling all around us. Things have been changing and shifting, but it has offered this glimmer of hope in a new way of doing things, right? People have, their work has changed and, you know, in some way they're working at home or their job kind of fell apart or their path has changed in some way. And it's offering that crumbling is offering 
this new starting point to do something that is actually better for you, that is more aligned for you. So we are all kind of going through this collective dark night of the soul, if you will. And within that crumbling, we're also going through this collective rising and it's happening at the same time. The old paradigm of really like doing what you're told and following the strategies and handing over your freedom to work a nine to five job, that's all crumbling. And at the exact same time, this new paradigm of personal fulfillment, personal uh, freedom, people really creating a life that is whole, where their work is an extension of who they are and what their mission is, and really being able to thrive in abundance as they have that freedom. This new paradigm that we're talking about is is also happening right now, right? We're in the shift. And um, so I really want to encourage everyone at home to, to know that if you are starting to really feel like the things that you've been doing, the way that you've been using your energy is not right for you, that's okay. Well, a lot of us are coming into this awakening and to really allow that to be empowering and to get curious about okay, if I'm realizing that this is no longer serving me, that means that this is an opportunity to start creating something that does serve me, that is aligned with who I am. And the good news is every single one of us is designed to be successful. We are designed to have all of the gifts that we need to live our life purpose and to help people in a way that is sustainable. So we really encourage people to just start believing in yourself and start um, using the tools that help you celebrate who you are instead of feeling like you need to be something that you're not. Those are all going to be things that really help us create this shift. I'm ready. I love it. Yeah. Well, you know, I end every episode saying I believe in you. So it's just so yeah. right on. Yeah. Like I believe in you, but it's, I say that cause I want people to believe in themselves. I think so often yeah. like we're waiting for somebody to like take up for us and it's kind of goes back to the thing you said, like we have to recognize ourselves first and that's the hardest thing to do. But once you do that, you're limitless. So what a beautiful message. Absolutely. Aww. Yes. I love it so much. And I love your energy, Lauren. I love how you are such a vibrant light and such a guide guiding everyone in this space. So it's been such a pleasure to get to connect with you and to look at your beautiful chart and to like hear your reflections. It's been such a pleasure. Well, likewise, I love you both. And honestly, thank you for inspiring me to know I don't need to do the most. (laughs) (laughs) Or if I'm going to do it, I can do it in a more uh, efficient way. I don't know. I just, it, when you're talking about resting and like finding the power and and you know doing less it just felt like you gave my heart a pillow Mm -hmm. like I've been running for so long and I just needed someone to tell me I could just like lay down you know and um I just really appreciate you both I love what you do you inspire me so much because you're just so strong out in the world sharing your message and created this business from scratch just a couple years ago and it's already grown to this incredible level so Keep doing what you're doing. And I love both of your energies as well. And I'm very grateful. Thank Yay, you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And thanks to my guests, Shana Cornelius and Dana Styles. For more info on Day Luna, follow at d.a.y.l.u.n.a on Instagram and check out the incredible Day Luna Human Design podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're interested in booking a reading or learning more about what Day Luna has to offer, go to their website, daylunalife.com. Thanks so much to Unleash producer Emily Shulmanovich. You can follow her at We Can't Find Emily. And quick little note here this is Emily's last episode, at least for the time being. 
And I just want to thank you, Emily, so much for your past amazing year and a half of work on the show. You've become not only an incredible producer, but an incredible friend and like family to me. And I'm so grateful for all that you've poured into the show, how you've enriched my life. And I'm really proud of the amazing audio producer that you are and have become. Go support Emily and all of her future endeavors at We Can't Find Emily and give her a thank you for being part of the Unleash family. Thanks to Liz Full for the show's theme music. You can follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you like what you heard today, remember to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Share the show with a friend and post about it on social media. Tag me at Lauren Legrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Also tag DeLuna so they can share too. My wish for you this week is that you explore your energy type and see how you can live more authentically and in alignment with yourself. At the end of the day, all these tools are designed to help us be more self-aware and loving humans to ourselves and others. So check it out and see if it helps you do that. I love you and I believe in you. Talk with you next week.